everyone. Welcome back to Red Devils Talk. We are finally back. Oh, my God. The international break has been so boring. I haven't actually watched one game. I, I hate it. I can't even lie to you. I hate it. I had no. to take a little bit of a break off football after we got tonked 6-1. So, we are back. And there's so much to talk about today. I'm joined my, by my regular co-hosts. Because if I say guest, Paul, you might cry again. It's Mark, Kieran, Paulie and Joe. We've got a full house today. Buzzing boys, how are we doing? Yeah, I think it's the first time we've had a full house, isn't it, since we've gone all EFS and everything, mate. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I think the last time we had a full house, we won at the weekend. Oh, wow. Oh. Maybe maybe that's the key. Maybe. Well, I hope that's the key. I hope that's well, the key. Well, if that's the key, we know who we're blaming for the losses. Mark. Yeah, Mark, you're going to get removed. But look, guys, yeah. we've got so much to talk about today. Before we start, to all the listeners, make sure you get your comments in. We want to have as much interaction as possible. We want to hear your thoughts. And also make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Follow Elite Football Show on um, YouTube. There's loads now. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're even on like Podbean or something like that. So just check us out. You'll find us there. And make sure you follow every single one of these lovely guys, especially Joe, like and subscribe at the bottom. And make sure you follow EFS Media because we are we have got some fantastic shows coming up and a lot of great Great, great guests coming. So let's go straight into it, guys. And let's start with Paul Scholes' comments on Anthony Martial. Now, look, I'm going to go to Paulie for this first, but I'm going to make one comment here. The sort of disrespect that Scholes is getting for his comment and people basically completely forgetting what he's done for Man United, calling all sorts of names under the sun because he made a comment against Martial FC... It just sort of sums up uh, football Twitter, the modern fan, in a nutshell, doesn't it, Paulie? Yeah, that's exactly it. Is it sums up? It sums up every. This is how we treat everybody, right? Like we we people look at Roy Keane differently because of how he runs his mouth. People, what's the what's the um, perception of Graham Sunis right now? No one factors in the fact that he was a great footballer because he's a caricature of himself. I mean, Roy Keane is. Roy Keane is too, um, but like you have to separate that. Now, as a pundit, Skull's kind of, yeah, you should shut up because he does flip-flop a lot, and he all he does is criticize the club. And for someone who didn't speak at all when he was playing, he somehow has a wor- like the world to say now. And you, I'm pretty sure you should be worried about Salford City because you are now the caretaker manager. But draw the line there. Like if, if you know, you criticize Skull's as a pundit, but – that doesn't change what he did as a footballer and it doesn't change what anybody, what any of these guys did as footballers. Yeah. Fantastic points. I'm going to bring you in quickly, Joe. Look, what I have an issue with and poorly spot on, I completely agree. And that's, that's, you should be judged even as if you are a manager as well, you should be judged as a manager, not a player, what you've done in the past. But when we actually break down what Paul Scholes has actually said, the word conned with three games into the season, mate, relax he just smacked 20 goals and 12 assists last season like you can say i don't think he's a he's the right striker for Man united i might prefer harland you can say that martial hasn't played well why does he have to say cond and you got to be careful with the way that you use things because he's opened himself up now to a barrage of hate from martial fc which i think is pathetic but i'm old so you know yeah i mean obviously there's no excuse for a guy like him to get hate i mean what i will say is that the, the people on twitter who are doing a lot of this hate. You know, how many of them actually remember Prime Paul Scholes? That's probably the issue as well. You know, we're looking at a, an age group here where, well, you'd like to think an age group, 
considering the things that are being said, that probably don't remember what Paul Scholes really means to Manchester United or actually just how good he was. But in terms of, yeah, Paul Scholes' comments, I mean, sometimes I just feel like some of these old players are out for a soundbite, to be fair, anything for a soundbite. You know, they want to have something that catches, you know, the imagination and, and something that's going to be run with, and they almost do it to provoke you know, a reaction almost, because I think they're frustrated. They're frustrated because they're not seeing, they're like us, they're not seeing the Manchester United of old. They want the Manchester, They want to see the Manchester United that they're used to. They're a little bit like us. They're a little bit sort of, you know, they've done. They've seen nothing but success. And now that the team's struggling, I think that they struggle to deal with that like we do as fans. And obviously they have a platform to voice their opinions. But yeah, I mean, on Martial, I, you can say what you want about, obviously, his ability to be our striker or a number nine for us. I mean, obviously, Paul's played alongside some great strikers and obviously Martial probably doesn't hold up against a lot of them. But off the back of what he's just done last season, the timing just seems to be all wrong, to be fair. Like you say, his, his, his output of goals and assists was brilliant last year with three games into this season. And... Yes, Martial's not been great, but what I'll also say is the rest of the team's not been great as well. Yeah. And there's been a lot of games and moments in games that I've seen this season where he's just been starved of service. And as much as he's, you know, you say you could argue, well, you know, he should be creating more for himself. I think, you know, he's always going to struggle if the players around him aren't playing as well as well. Yeah, well said. Kieran, I'm going to come to you regarding Martial. I do want to say. Do you think he's the right striker for Oli? Because I think that's kind of where the comments have come from. Yeah. If you actually break them down properly. Yeah, this is what I was I was thinking as the lads were talking there. Yes, I think the word like you said, the word con is probably a little bit too far. But again, to me it's semantics. The message to go across is that he's not the style of striker that one, I think Skulls is used to seeing at United from his successful years. And two, it's I think look, he probably talks to Ollie there. They've been teammates, so it was fairly obvious who Ollie's ideal striker was, and it wasn't done by the club. And for me, I I don't think Martial's the type of striker that he wants to bring in. You'll probably see it, especially any of the games he doesn't play. If they have the likes of Cavani, or if they play Greenwood, or something. like you have to remember when Ollie first came in, who played striker. Rashford because he saw him as a more ideal striker the only difference was that he wanted to be able to fit both him and Martial into the team because there is there were two of his best attacking options so for me I, I, I don't think Martial is kind of the ideal striker I've always said it I think for me I prefer seeing him on the wing but the problem is you don't get the best out of both him and Rashford when that happens. So I think it's a difficult one for any manager to kind of sort out because it's just one of those where you have to try and get the best out of both of them. Mark, I'm going to come to you. Final word on this before we move on. Who's in the wrong? Paul Scholes or the whole of football Twitter? I mean, Heddy has a really great comment here. Thank you very much for your comment. Nice to see you here. To stay current, that's probably why Skulls said it. Unnecessary comment, nonetheless. Who's in the wrong here? Is it football Twitter for reacting to it, or is it Paul Skulls for <laughs> saying that he conned everyone? I just can't. It makes me so angry because I find too many, too many old players are way too negative. 
but they're negative on the players. But hello, the manager doesn't get as much stick from. I know that's another conversation for another time, but the manager's grumpy the because they're all like, well, back in my day. And it's like, all right, like, get yeah. it. Like, players are going to become better than you. Like, that's just the way it is. The game evolves. What do you reckon, Mark? That's a good point, actually, Paul. There, I think um, everyone really is in the wrong. I think to say conned, as you've already said, is, is an awful word to use. You know, only back in August, he was saying I was wrong about Anthony Martial. He's been f- phenomenal. I don't agree with Kieran in the fact that um, he's better on the wing. And, and the reason why is because both times he's been number nine, um, both before Mourinho and after Mourinho, he's been amazing. I'm not saying he's an out-and-out striker, and it's only um, fitting, really, that he's now he's now saying what he's saying because Cavani's come in. Obviously, he's he's a renowned, world-class striker. So now that he's turned up and and is now able to be our, you know, number nine prolific striker, we hope it's very easy to then sort of cast Martial aside. Um, I think pundits have to be very very careful because. Um, you know, if you say too many contradict- contradictory things, it's going to come and bite you on the arse. And I think that Skulls has done that many times. He's a wonderful player. People don't appreciate that enough. I see so many, um, you know, things on don't Twitter. Even oh. So many things on Twitter that just completely disregard what he was as a player. He was they don't remember him they don't remember prob- him probably still in their dad's ball sack when he was playing. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Exactly, they're all they're all at least um, probably only about eight years old. A lot of these people. So, um, but what I'm saying is, he he was phenomenal, and I do get very angry about that sort of thing. However, I do not rate him as a pundit at all, and I think there have been many occasions now, like other people, like Paul Lintz, he's another prime one where he seems to jump on on people's backs, and he gets so much wrong. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pause for a moment. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, can I can I just add to that a second and just say, look, you know, you could look at the timing of this and think, look, we've just brought Cavani in. Is it a sort of is it a tactic to sort of put pressure on Ollie a little bit and the club to say, look, you know, Cavani's got to be a man. But then again, in the same interview, I saw him talking about Cavani, and he's not exactly eulogising about that side either. I think he said if it was made about four, five, six years ago then, you know, he'd be excited about that. He'd say he's a player that could take him to the next level. So, you know, if it was a case of him saying this because he's seen another strike come into the club now and he's basically trying to give Solskjaer a nudge and say, look, this man needs to be a number nine. But, you know, I, I did mention this in the group chat a couple of weeks ago. If Cavani does hit the ground running playing as a number nine, for example, if he does get a couple of games in the next few weeks, you know, and he does do quite well, it will be interesting to see what Oli did because... We saw with Jose when he brought Ibrahimovic in, you know, he wasn't fr- afraid to, you know, make him regular towards the, you know, towards the end as, as the regular number nine. So I don't know whether his age will come into it. Cavani starts playing, scoring goals, and showing what he wants from a number nine, then it'll be really interesting. What it's, it's about doing. It's about doing what you want from a number nine, and fundamentally, whether you're whether you're twenty. 25 30 35 if you're banging in goals every week yeah. giving another dimension and scoring yeah. goals and that's what everyone should be doing martial should be doing the same thing i know he's had a very quiet couple of weeks um but anyone that's playing in that front three should be doing as much as they can to the score problem is, goals though, week if, you, if you watch yeah, if you watch how they play though you could see that he wants martial to kind of play a lot like roberto firmino and so it's not the traditional number nine now it, it works deep. for 
it works for Firmino, uh, who doesn't score a lot of goals, but it works for Liverpool because they have Mane and Salah on the sides. United have Rashford and what else, and what on the right. And, you know, neither Rashford nor Greenwood or James or whatever are anywhere as close to as consistent can, can as Salah I be honest? or Mane. Can I be honest? I know who I'd rather have in my team, Martial over. Yeah, Martial like, would I score don't way care more goals. If it's a, a new, if it's a new way of playing a striker, I do not want right. a defensive so, so striker in my team. That's the kind of striker that Solskjaer wanted, but you you do also want a Cavani type striker who maybe can play somewhat like that, but also gives you something else so that you know in, if it's not working in a particular game or whatever, it gives you a different option. So um, that. He comes like look to answer your question, Joe. If Cavani hits the ground running and he's scoring game after game after game, that's a great problem to have. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it will be interesting to see whether he still sees Martial as his number, is his main man as number nine, if you know what I mean, or whether he'll be willing to take that plunge of replacing someone like Martial with a 33 year old and all the backlash that it'll get from Martial FC. Obviously, you know, I mean, not this is what I'm saying. It'll just be interesting whether he's brave enough to stick with it. Guys, guys, I need to let Kieran say the final word, then we got to move on, Kieran. Yeah, just to go back on kind of my comment, it, it, it's not the fact that he should just be playing out in the wing. The fact is, I don't think he's the starter striker that Solskjaer wants, and it's obvious. Polly says that he plays a little bit like what Firmino does, but then when you saw the likes of Greenwood playing the smaller games last year, that wasn't the way Solskjaer wanted Greenwood to play. So for me, is I think he's the best option we have at the club right now, but he's not the preferred option if we had, if Solskjaer had his choice. And for me, that's, that's the issue. And Skulls obviously knows that because again, they've been teammates. They're probably friends outside of football. So he's not, he's not just making up these claims out of nowhere. He probably does know kind of some back channels and what Solskjaer probably wants. And we all know who he wanted. It was hard. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, guys, we've got to move on. I'm going to start with you, Paulie, on this. We're going to talk about Henry Winter's comments about the Glazers. I can't lie. I think I'm now in the Henry Winter fan club, to be honest. He's elevated himself right to the top of the tree of my favorite journalists. Um, sorry to the ones that have been on this show. I still like you as well. But anyway, as I was saying, this is what he wrote. I'm going to read it out because I didn't get managed to uh, you know, memorize it. But um, he says, you're not fit to spend a second in the distinguished company of Sir Alex Ferguson and Sir Bobby Charlton. Legends who have given so selflessly to the club and sport. We know your game, Joel. Your game is simple. Fistful of dollars. Fair enough. Money's your business. Turning sport into business into dollars. Paulie, I'm going to start with you here. What's refreshing is to actually see a mainstream, well-renowned, and probably very well-respected journalist, such as Henry Winter, from The Times, it's not The Sun or someone like that, just turn around and say exactly how it is we as fans scream and shout all the time about this and it seems that the mainstream media don't really address this or they don't really divulge this as much as they should do but i saw julian laurence do it fantastically well on the podcast he does with gab marcotti and i've seen henry do it what do you make of these comments because is it now perhaps we're seeing a bit of a change in the tide turning with the way journalists are going to be reporting about the glazers i, I he's absolutely right and you're right that we don't see journalists do it, because, but I think that's because it's always been a Manchester United issue. And now it's, these guys aren't going to be in control. These guys aren't trying to take control of Manchester United. They're trying to take control of English football. And that's when everybody is starting to be like, whoa, 
you know, we can't have that, but he's right. But like the, the reality is, you know, this, this didn't come about, you know, this project big picture didn't come about like in the last three weeks, it's been, it's been coming about in the last three years. Um, this is what they want to do and they've been trying to do it and they're angling and they probably used COVID as a great opportunity to push it through to be like, Hey, we'll support the FL clubs because they need it right now. And it's a great opportunity to push it through, but this is what they've been angling for, for quite some time. And that the, the God honest truth is I know people don't want to hear this, but football is not the game of the people anymore. It stopped being that the second that people could make a lot of money off of it. You know, the one thing that every billionaire in the world has in common is their desire to make money and make more money. And when they see an opportunity to make money, they will go and, and snatch that up to, to make more. Like Instagram got bought by Facebook because Facebook saw an opportunity there that will spend a lot of money on Instagram, but will make a lot more in the long term. And these, these investors have seen the chance to get into English football and that they can monetize it. And the game, they, it belongs to them now. I, I, I know we want to think like this is our club and everything, but they bought it. You know, when we gave, when we turned it into shareholders and they bought the, ma the majority of the shares, it became theirs. Uh, if we had the Spanish system, it'd be a different, it'd be a different story, but, we, but we don't, it's a capitalist system. And now you have capitalist people coming in and trying to get all the money for it. I don't think, yeah, look, I, I don't really, I'm going to come to Kieran for this. I'm just going to touch on you two because we've got a lot to talk about. And then the next topic I'll go to Mark and uh, Joe, but Kieran, I don't think fans have an issue that a, a rich businessman is going to take over. It's about how, what their intentions are. And it's about what I know this is exactly what Paulie's saying, but that's how I also see it that right. Their club, fine, whatever. But if they were actually running it like a proper football club, because you can still do two, two and two together, right? The more United is successful on the pitch, you can still make as much money off the pitch as if they're not. And that's the problem, isn't it? That people are now looking through. I mean, this this summer particularly is one which stands out to me. Is It's so obvious what's happening. I know fans should have been seeing this for the past seven years, but you know now everyone can see it because you know why? Because they're seeing it happen to a club legend. I'm fully aware of that. Because people didn't like Jose. They're like, oh, Jose signing this and that. That's true as well. But now they're seeing it with Oli. It's quite clear. It doesn't matter who's at the on the, you know at the helm of the club. We're just, this is how they're going to act. And they don't care, do they? No, of course they don't. Look, we've known that if you were paying attention really and didn't, because a lot of us talk, came into the transfer window this year kind of more with our hearts thinking that, okay, the club are going to back the manager that we play, we did what we are expected to do or we are asked to do last season and they have to move on. But again, you just have to look at the track record of the glaciers and that just doesn't happen like we say it's the last seven years but you can go through plenty of transfer windows when sir alex ferguson was there but i and it's it's a really weird um i don't know if euphemism is the word but a phrase that i think sir alex was the best deodorant that man united ever had because basically the amount of transfer windows, i just have to go back to the ronaldo one you sell Ronaldo for 80 million and you bring in, what was it Obertan, Michael Owen? And Valencia. And Valencia. Valencia. And Valencia, right? Now, he, if those teams, even after Ronaldo, were still successful, the main reason for that is due to the manager. And he had a good and he had a good nucleus of players. If this was any other manager, we'd be stuck in kind of 
the kind of hellhole we are right now for much longer than seven years. Yeah, we'd be the the difference is we already had built that nucleus of a side, so you only have to kind of pick and choose a couple extra players to bring in. And when you have a manager that knows what he's doing, that every player that comes in knows how they have to play, and if they don't play that way, they're just going to get sold. We don't have that anymore, and because we don't have that, you're seeing the kind of level that we're at. Under Ferguson, people will say, yes, he spent money the kind of season with Robin Van Persie when he came in was an example, but we've spent money under the Glazers even after Ferguson. The problem was that Ferguson was able to deal with the windows when they weren't good. Our managers now can't because they don't have the strength and depth in the squad that we had under Ferguson. And it's well, not, they're just not as good yeah. as well, mate. That, and that's, yeah, that's... and it's not going to change until honestly, and I've said it for a while that it's going to take a hell of a lot of luck for our fortunes to change. It's going to take a lot of players coming through, like Mason Greenwood, some of these young players that were coming in and buying, buying even into the U team to come through and actually be good players because that's where the club have put a lot of their resources in in the last few years. And that needs to come to fruition. If it doesn't, we're going to be stuck in the cycle that we are for a lot longer than any of us want. I'll let Joe have a word and then we'll move on. You're on mute. Sorry, Joe. That's the only way to shut up, mate. That's the only way to shut up. I just want to add to that and say, you know, um, for me, it's not just about what Fergie did as well. And obviously he did. He, like Kieran said, he maximised everything he had. But I think the competition is different nowadays as well. And when I say the competition is different, I don't mean teams have, I don't only mean that teams have got better on the pitch. I think you look at the way teams are doing things off the pitch. I mean, obviously... Man City's model since, you know, since they came in in 08 and especially in the last few years, the way they go about the business is so much better. Liverpool, you know, they've improved their scouting system over the last three or four or five years, like no end. And the way that they go about their business off the pitch well. So I just think, yes, obviously not taking anything away from thinking that everything Kieran said is absolutely spot on. But I do think the way other teams are doing things now is also better and they've sort of gone past us as well if you know what i mean left us behind completely it's, agree. it's almost just right but it's it's not just it's it's not just in that regard but off the pitch but it's harder to move a player right. on like if you come and you don't play the way that the way that you the manager wants you ferguson would just be like right you're off you know he calls up chelsea they take one sebastian veron you can't do that anymore now you need to you know you have to call up you know they have to go find an agent to broker the deal. And then that agent wants a, a cut of the money. And suddenly this fee gets outrageous that first of all, the, the other teams have analytics departments. So they'll look at the player and they'll be like, well, Veron, you know, Chelsea just looked at him and be like, we saw what you see when, you know, when he was at whatever club we got him from, he was good. And, yeah, and he was good in, in Europe, but you know, he just doesn't fit with your team. He'll fit with ours. Now they have an analytics department that goes, well, no, United should have seen this, that his numbers actually aren't that great. They shouldn't have signed him in the first place. So we're not going to sign him. Or they, they said he's not worth that much and you have to find an agent to broker the deal and the agent wants a cut of the deal. And this the fee starts spiraling out of, out of hand. The wages are already high. And the team goes, you know what? It's not worth spending all this money to sign you. And thus, you can't move the player on. Yeah, yeah I Mark, guess. I'll let, I'll let Mark have a word, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, do you want to have a word on the comments? I mean, the guys made some fantastic comments as well. But Henry Winter's comments, I mean, it's what we all know, isn't it? Um, yeah, just wanted to add to um, it. It's like 
um, clubs these days use that as a marketing marketing tool in itself, really. Uh, many times over this summer, we've kind of viewed clubs and on how well they're ran. And I think clubs pride themselves in that. And when, as Joe's mentioned recently, um, you know, Man City and Liverpool, obviously, in the last five years have really increased, you know, their analytical skills and their scouting. Man City has really set a trend, um, you know, since 08. And it's almost as though clubs pride themselves in that structure and they want to, it's another way for them to flaunt the muscles, essentially, isn't it? You know, they, they want to, that's an, a good marketing tool. Look at this club, you know, they're, they're, they're ran incredibly well. And it would probably bump up the price of their value and all of that sort of thing. Back to Henry and his comments. I think it's brilliant that he's made those comments. I don't think it means it's going to change anything. Um, and I think we've said many times over the summer, you know, Fabrizio has always said he loves talking about United because it gets so much attention. Now, if we've Clips. got exactly if we've got massive people from the Times that are coming in and, and saying these things, then it's gonna it's gonna look bad on the Glazers, and maybe that could tilt it slightly. I'm not saying that it's gonna mean oh crap, you know, we need to go and sell up. But if you get more and more people that are seeing exactly what's going on, we're not all stupid. We know what's going on. We've seen it. We've seen the numbers. And if you get more you say people that, like though, that, Mark, there are some fans that are just waking up as if they've been in a cocoon or whatever, hibernating for seven years. Like this has been going on for years. Like mm. some fans still are saying, well, the Glazers spent money. I don't want to go too much into this, but then, you know, then they need of... to, they need to take their heads out of the sand. Yeah. That's, that's a great way. That's it. a great way to say it. We, we don't want to talk too much about the Glazers today to all the listeners. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We're going to talk about Bruno Fernandez today. I'm going to come to you first, Kieran. Remember, you're on mute. So uh, when you do start talking, you know, take yourself off mute. But um, look, a lot of comments coming out today. Uh, myself and Paulie had a, you know, we, we spoke about it on Twitter today. My, my view on Bruno Fernandez is that this is completely a another PR sort of spin. It reminds me very much of the Pogba versus Mourinho, you know, the whole Pogba being the, the virus. And now you're seeing stories about Bruno. What have you got to say about it? It's, it's so, it's so expected, isn't it? From the club. Yeah. Look, <laughs> you just have to look at where the stories are coming from. So again, I think I've seen it. A couple of people were saying that it was coming from, Portugal then you look into it deeper and it's coming from the likes of Duncan Castles and it's something that doesn't surprise me because again he's not exactly let's say Ali's fa favorite or he's not a fan of the manager and we all know his relationship with Jose Mourinho I think it's very obvious and it's come out pretty much I think it was on Fabrizio Romano's podcast today um that he completely denied um, that there's been any issues. And look, Fabrizio Romano is close to a lot of players' agents. That's probably come from Bruno's agent. And I think it's obvious that Bruno doesn't seem like that type of person. He may say something in the heat of the moment during a game, but when you see him after a game, he's a completely different person. You just have to go back to the semi-final against Sevilla where he was screaming at Lindelof towards the end of the game. And then he's being interviewed 10 to 15 minutes later and he's calm, cool and collected about the whole situation. It's, it's, 
it's just not a big deal for it outside of the pitch for him. But when he's on the pitch, you see that kind of fire. But he doesn't appear to be that. He doesn't appear to have that personality off the pitch. So even hearing those, I doubted it. And especially when you heard the other stories that were coming out that he kind of yelled at Maguire at halftime. And that's the reason he got. So I think it's just someone just trying to make up more stories to try and make sure that there's a divide in in the camp because it just seems the timing is very peculiar when it kind of comes about well the thing is right we have got i mean we're not going to talk about pochettino and ollie because i just don't want to talk yeah. about it today. but we have got one person poorly sitting there which all this rubbish comes from. We all know exactly who he is, Edward Wood. We've seen the way he operates when he got Louis van Gaal out. We've seen the way he operates with Jose Mourinho, gave him a new contract, then got him out. We've seen the way that, you know, Ollie's been let down. And now so suddenly when things are going much more dif- more difficultly like they are at the moment, we've had a bad start season, immediately the, the spotlight and the anger shifted from the owners and Woodward and fans are that silly that they absolutely lap it up. They've lapped every single story that's come up. Obviously there's some people that haven't, but we know exactly what Woodward's trying to do here. Whether you want Pochettino or not is another argument, but the PR machine is spinning and what people are doing now, as Abdul says here, we know is yeah, Duncan Castles, he hates Ollie. We've seen all, every single thing he says is negative about him. And Neil Ashton, yeah. Neil Ashton is really earning his dough right now, isn't he, Paulie? Yeah, he's been a great signing for Woodward. Yeah, exactly. And look look how it's what's happened. We look at... I just can't even... Look, I, I will say that Oli's on. Oli has to save his job now. That's how I feel. And I think Pochettino will be a good signing. I'm going to go out and say that. But the fact that people genuinely are thinking that, oh, if we get a new manager, we're going to well, basically win the league. Everything's going to be fine. It's so It's so stupid. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to say to that. They're like, they're creating, you're spot on. And they're creating this weird, um, they're like trying to create a situation where they can come out on top. That's that's exactly what they did, you know, right after the transfer window closed and we're, we had just lost 6-1 and they leaked that story about we've spoken to Pochettino. And that's, you know, because now the fans can go and 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 get, all, oh, well, well, they should be firing Ollie and, and signing Pochettino. And, and, Look, there are legitimate questions to ask about Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer right now. But the narrative took off with, you know, suddenly everything that he had ever achieved was forgotten about. It was, oh, he relegated Cardiff. He shouldn't be this, the manager here. And it's like, that's, you know, you're being ridiculous now. But then they also leaked that story of of Bruno tearing into the team at halftime. And that's why he was subbed off and, and yelling at, at Maguire and telling him he's not fit to earn the shirt and what happens the fan base because they know how how much they love bruno the fan base reacts like oh bruno like kiss the ground he walks on he should be captain which by the way that is the most uncaptain thing you could do you cannot tell harry Maguire he's unfit to wear the shirt you know this is the guy who played every single goddamn minute for this club last year but what about roy Keane and the things he used to say though exactly you know like players are different what what Maguire has done you can now you can 100 percent tell harry Maguire to get his head out of out of his ass and say you're playing like crap today and we and hey focus we need you and Maguire should in turn then look at Bruno and say, you need to get your head out of your ass too, because you're also playing like crap and that'll create a row. And Roy Keane like, can say that because Roy Keane has the trophies and the, the, 
winning acumen to, to back that up. Not one of those players, not even Pogba, who's won a World Cup, not one of those players in that dressing room can say anything to each other because they're Quite all... Them, they're, none of them are good enough. None of them are at that level. No, I know they're good enough. None you, of them are at that level you, say you, that. you can't go to the guy who is credited with bringing this team together and also who played every minute of the season for us last year and uh, you know, and tell him he's not fit to wear the shirt. You you can't do that. But of course, how did you know? It's you, a fake news story, by the way. It's, it's, it's been, a yeah. Story, but like, also think about this. Like, how did how did he react? We, you know, Karen, you've said this. Hater, you've said this. When it comes to Solskjaer, like you always have to judge his actions, not his words. Uh, well, you know, like when Bruno blew up at Lindelof, his his words are you know as as every manager is. I want to see my players do that because it you know it's the heat of the game and and that happens. But if if it actually was a true story and Solskjaer sub Bruno out, that means Bruno is probably out of line, um, you know. But the fan base reacts; they back Bruno. So then this week it's the same story, but it's slightly different now. Maguire's not really mentioned by name; it's just all the players. And oh, he he took on Ollie's tactics, like which, yeah, Ollie got it wrong. But you're a player. You can't yell at your manager like that. But again, the fan base is backing Bruno, just like you said, the way the fan base backed Pogba in this situation, which wasn't the club making it. That was Mourinho's doing. The club is doing it now so that if if they have to make a move, it'll be, you know, they're going to try to make the last Bruno, sections. They're going to try to make this Bruno versus Ali so that if they make a move, it'll be the popular decision. But Let's just if if it was Paul Pogba who was the center of this story, how would you be reacting? Like, yeah. I mean, let, let, me, let, me just, let me just bring Mark into this, and I'll bring Joe in, and we've got and we've got to move on. Fantastic points, but Mark, me being the cynic, right? And like, I'm going to be the cynic. If Oli gets sacked, Poch comes in, has a great run, then this happens again. This is a way for the board to turn around and say, "Oh, well, Bruno's the one that started this, so let's throw Bruno under the bus because Pogba's been thrown at the bus, hasn't he?" Pogba was the one that went against Josie. The fans loved it. Now Pogba's the virus. This is a problem that our own club, chucking everyone under the bus, our own club is creating stories and stirring the fans up. And the fans are not, they're just not being aware enough to see what's going on. So that was going to be my first question. I've, I've been very busy this week, so I've only sort of caught the tail end of it. But um, is this is this definitely something that the club have thrown out there or is this is this something that is completely rubbish? Because everybody is like everybody's on Bruno's side has said this is rubbish. Yeah, well, it, yeah, I was going to say about him earlier. He comes across, obviously, a very passionate man on the pitch. And that's what you want in a player. But I think, as Kieran said, in interviews and in any other time and, and some you know readings that I've looked at, he's actually quite an introverted person off the field. So I can't imagine that that happens. Now, why you would want to create an environment like that, um, you know, put it, it puts some extreme pressure on Ollie, puts some extreme pressure on Bruno. That's going to affect him. You know, he's one of our best players, if not the best. Yeah. And we've all been raving about him since January. You don't want to do that. And if that doesn't go to show you, if United and Ed and his, his um, puppets are Merry coming little out, men. Yeah. Are coming out with this, then, then that, if that doesn't show you just how much they give a shit about the club, I don't know what will. Because that's awful. You can't do that. You don't want to be playing people off each other. You just let them get on with it. Just let them get on with it. And again, this is where I said to you earlier, no news. Uh, sorry, bad news is is there's no such thing as bad news. And and if they are if they are prepared to do that, it's only going to create them clicks. 
and attention. And, and United is the only club that you can do that with. I don't ever see anything about any other clubs where they, they lay into a player, they lay into a manager, they lay into the club, into the transfer. Do you know what I mean? So I just, I just think it's all all wrong. And if that doesn't prove a point, then I don't know what will. Joe, I'm going to bring you in here um, before we move on to the next, because we've got some big stuff to talk about after this. Um, we haven't got too much time, but look, we have a look at the situation that Oli is under pressure now. Some people have one view, some people have another view. You're completely entitled to your view and no one should be put down for that. But the point is, this is basically like pouring gasoline on the fire, isn't it? Completely now. This whole situation against Oli, because a lot of people, well, a lot of fans, I love Bruno. And they, they some people will use that as a way to, to basically create more of their agenda against the manager, because it's a tough situation right now, isn't it, as a United fan? Yeah, look, it's a tough one as well, because like, Touching on what Paulie said there about, you know, it, they're doing this thing where it's Ollie or Bruno and it's a popularity contest and that's why they're probably targeting Bruno. But let's not forget, Ollie's a real popular guy at the club as well. But it's probably not Ollie the manager, more Ollie the player, obviously. I think, obviously, his popularity as a manager may not be the same uh, uh, across sections of our, our base. But, uh, no, I just think it's one of the things in it. I mean... Can't people see it? I mean, when we were doing so well last year and we were getting towards the top four, we were on those in the middle of one of those great runs. There was loads of leaks from the club and, and in the media saying the atmosphere's never been better around Carrington. You know, the way Solskjaer addresses people around Carrington, the way he deals with staff, everything, absolutely brilliant. And then I saw a story after the, I think after the first defeat of the season where Apparently, Ollie's changed something at Carrington now that uh, has upset staff. I think it's something to do with car parking or something, wasn't it? Like, it's changed the type name. Slow news, Joe. <laughs> like, non-important or whatever, or non-essential staff or something. And that, but this is what I mean. Like, we, we hear all these all the time. Like, when it's going really well, there's such a good feel-good factor around Old Trafford and Carrington. When it's going bad, we get these stories. And it's just like people latch onto them all the time. And you just think, you look at it and you think, can't you see, guys? It's just part of the game. You know, it's, it's just all one big game to this club. But it's all Mark, blown out of proportion. Mark's absolutely spot on. Like, you know, United's the only club you really see this happen at. I mean, you can't tell me that all of the 19 clubs are functioning brilliantly within the dressing room around the training ground. You know, it's, it's impossible. I mean, Liverpool, you know, haggling over five million era there for Thiago in the summer. But... They weren't criticised like we were criticised for going after Sancho and, and arguing over that fee, you know. But no one had really made anything of what Liverpool were doing with Thiago. They made they made an absolute dog's dinner out of that meal, out of that meal, out of that deal. You know what I mean? I'm so, hungry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like dinner, you see. So I'm thinking meal. Yeah. You know, like they made that, but that didn't get the traction that United's pursuit. This Man United, Joe. Uh, journalists have yeah, come on to this show and and have openly said to me when I interviewed them. May United gets clicks. People put May United's name in because it will get them more clicks. It it will It'll get your client more money. Yeah. And that's genuinely the thing. I'm Kieran, I'm going to let you say one more final word on this before we move on. By the way, Paulie, that 
glow on your face. Whoa. Yeah, you are watching like this. There is one spot in my windows that is you, not covered by blinds. Are you sure? It's illegal to be are you, that are you sure? Are you sure it's not a halo? Yeah, no. <laughs> I think in like 20 right, minutes, you will see like Come my on, face will Jesus. be dark again. I think it's God telling us that he's the right one on the show. I think he's the one today, so they're just shining the light on him, if you know what I mean. This guy is the voice of reason today. <laughs> oh, that's really Okay, Kieran. Give us your final thoughts on that before we move on yeah. to some of the big picture stuff. Yeah, look, my final thoughts, especially as a fan base, is if you think getting rid of Ali is going to change anything at this football club, it's not because the same people above him is going to do the exact same thing. The whole reason why bringing Ali actually kind of gave us a little bit of release when he came in was because people were actually happy around the club. We actually enjoyed the people that worked for it, especially after jose was in because it was everything was negative that was coming out and now people are turning on ollie because at the end of the day people get bored and that's that's the problem if we brought in pochettino and similar results happened he had success the first season it was kind of hard the second season the same thing would happen they'd want for somebody else if we brought in nagelsmann two years and then somebody and they want somebody else that's the problem with i think a lot of modern or younger fans right now because they see it on the problem is we've mentioned it before haters like a lot of the younger fans now are just kind of the kind of fifa gamers where they expect everything to change all the time they expect transfers to go through instantly that's not the way it works if we get rid of ollie some of the strides that we made for we may actually be taking two steps back off the field and everybody says everybody says you know potch would get so much more out of this squad and i i happen to I think he would. I happen to believe he would hit the ground running and get a lot out of this squad. But if he didn't, if he struggles at first, you watch how quickly those goalposts will move and people will say, oh, he needs to settle in. Uh, he needs to bring his own players in. You know, like... And then they'll turn on Exactly. Well, I you're, you're, buying, you're buying the Woodward... You're, you're doing exact. You are sheep to Ed Woodward. You're doing exactly what he wants you to do. He is trying to distract you that he has failed over and over again for seven years and he's deflecting the blame and it's working well I just, i'm gonna bring joe into this quickly then i'll have the final word go on joe yeah sorry hey, i just want to say quick you'll, you'll probably like this mate because it's going to go along with you and i don't normally agree with you when it comes to ollie and potch but the only hope i would have if potch did come in is that from what we hear ever since woodward got this job he has been his dream date you know, he's been the one he wants to take out for dinner drinks. You know, he's the one that he really wants. So the only hope we do have is if Poch did come in, we would see a change in behaviour in the in the transfer window. If it didn't happen with Poch, I would be really worried because I just don't know yeah. what other manager he would back. If he ain't back in Poch after a couple of seasons, he ain't yeah. backing anybody in my until they start arguing and then the whole relationship just yeah, crumbles yeah. down. Yeah, there. I mean, look, um, what I will say, what I will say though is that final, final thing on this, guys, because we've got 17 minutes and we've got to talk about three more things. But um, what I will say on this is that Pochettino, if you look at the squad, we've seen managers come in, obviously. As Abdul says here, Jersey was dream date as well. That's exactly what Paulie just said as well. But what, when I look at the managers that come in, Moyes, certain style, Van Hal, possession base. Jose, the low block, you know, playing on the counter. Each of the time, it was chop and change. Whereas you, you could probably see 
more of a, a continuity, more of a continuation from what the way that Oli's playing to the way Pochettino would want to play. I know they're not exactly the same, but there's there's more of a continuation. It's not jumping from one extreme to another. What I will say on this, though, is that it's quite clear what the board are doing. It's quite clear what Woodward are doing, and it's pissing me off because people are stupid and they're falling for it. That's the first thing. But the second thing as well, when you look at Oli, he needs to perform. It's a really, really big next two or three games for him. Whatever you say, whatever's going on behind the scenes, you can't be losing your first four or five games. That's just the reality of it. And if you lose it, you lose your job. Anyway, I'm going to come to you, Mark. We're just going to touch on this, actually. And everyone's going to go. I'm just going to go around quickly with everyone. PPV, Mark, you like the playing on the weekend. Are you going to go and spend 15 quid, sorry, 14.95 to watch United play? What an absolute joke, mate. Um, absolutely not. Now, I might get shot um, because I am supposed to be a United fan that, pays the money to watch my club now the way that i feel is you know we already spend i don't know what it is about 80 quid and some to be able to watch every live game and to add 15 pound onto that for every game is absolutely disgusting um and to be honest with you if you are a fan that isn't in agreement with edward wood and the glazers why the hell would you spend an extra 15 quid in order to watch them that's what I feel. Well said. Joe, I'm going to come to you before we talk about Project Big, big Picture. PPV, they are saying that this money is going to go to the clubs. If you're taking money out of people like us, I haven't, had, I haven't worked since, I haven't worked since March, but I've been, I was furloughed till July, right? I, my money situation is a mess right now. Today, I had to do a spreadsheet and I wish I hadn't done it because it gives you full clarity on how fucked I am. I just swore. I don't know why I did. But anyway, <laughs> what I will say is, what I will say is, Yes, everyone's struggling in this, but you're taking money out of people that have no money. Like, I can't make total sport is going to get absolutely abused in my house. So, yeah, talk to me about your thoughts quickly. You, you're on mute, mate. <laughs> He's turning into Mark, isn't he? He's turning into me. Hey, I have a real first line there as well. I'm just about to say, if anyone's offended by what they've just heard, I do apologize. Uh, but, you know, we can't help the sounds that we're getting from elsewhere. Now, I, I just think it's a little bit like MUTV, and that, you know, if people are cancelling their subscription or are not going to pay for MUTV, then I don't see what difference this is going to make. I mean, I've always questioned this in England about three o'clock games being available anyway. I know what they're trying to say. They're trying to say you can't make three o'clock kickoffs available over here because it'll prevent people actually going to games and things like that. You know, they might decrease, you know, stadium, you know, attendances. And I kind of get that. But, you know, what we had after the lockdown and we when we restarted, when they were showing literally every game, it was really cool, like, you know, and it's not like this is something that's got to go on forever, you know. We're hoping, like, well, we were hoping, obviously, by now we'd have fans back. But surely by next season we could, you know, if we look at next season's start date, which will probably be back in August again, it's not too radical to expect that we could have fans back in the stadium by then. So we're just expecting them to sort of stand to this cost or whatever it's, whatever they've got to charge us, you know, for, to, till August and then obviously once once we get there then then everything will go back to normal and people will have that choice whether they go to games or watch it on TV and I think moving forward now as well this could be something that stays in terms of pay-per-view on all kickoff because I do think there's going to be a lot of people that have been scarred mentally by this virus for years to come and even when this is all over 
they may no longer feel so comfortable being sat in a packed stadium. You know what I mean? With 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 the with the risk of anything spreading. So I yeah, just we'll see. It, it's yeah. Yes, the virus might go away, but people's mindsets might not might not change. So maybe it's something for down the line. But I think for this season, they should just left it how it was. And, you know, people have paid so much money to Sky and football clubs over the years. You know, all we're asking for is a season's worth of games, to be honest. What I will say, last thing on this, guys, is that Having not been having not worked for a long time, you know, I really do look forward to the weekends where I can watch football and I watch every single team. I know there's some donuts out there that don't think you should watch Liverpool versus United uh, versus Leeds, sorry, because you're a top red. Go and shove that up your ass. So what I will say is that being able to Getting watch feisty today, mate. It's oh, just because you've know been drinking today. Are you sure you're not? Are you sure it's not whatever he's that, Are you sure you're not just annoyed that Maguire got sent off for England? Uh, you know what? I, like you said in the comments, it's going to be reacting unrationally. No, you know what it is? I'm hangry. Like, I haven't eaten anything all day. So, I'm just waiting for my dinner after. No, I'm kidding. But no, what I, I will say... to deliver before this, then, while you're like, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> who it was. It wasn't my missus. Um, <laughs> so, what I will say, what I will say, though, is that the football's been... It's been amazing to be able to watch every single game. And, you know, to take that away from people, I'm not saying, like, it sounds so dramatic, but you know, it, I really did enjoy sitting and spending the whole weekend. We can't do anything otherwise, can we? Yeah, you know, and so it was disgusting. nice. Yeah, it is. But look, guys, now this is the one I want to talk about, and this is the big topic for today. Um, not having a go at anyone, but I don't I haven't seen it anywhere where anyone's actually broken down project big picture properly and actually gone through each one. So that's I what we're gonna do today. Maybe you have, Joe, but you didn't share it with the rest of the world. No, so, yeah. no, I'm looking at the guy in the top right-hand corner, mate. That's oh, right. Like, right. I thought you were saying you done it. Okay, so, no, no, no. guys. Isn't it off the table now, though? Yeah. Yeah, it uh, is off the table. Well, it, it's going to it's gonna get reproposed and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But I want Kieran. Kieran's done some fantastic research. Kieran, break down all the elements of Project Big Picture, and then we'll have a little bit of a discussion about it. Yeah, look, there's different aspects of it. They're kind of press that united and liverpool are getting is that they're money hungry and they want to control everything in the premier league which granted yeah that's kind they of what, are. That's, that's what no but they're that's what not. they want to do guys they're not you have to you have to think that there's other aspects of this that actually make sense so yes what well, they want to be able to control basically everything that comes in i personally think they want tv deal that happens in the premier leagues they can make it that it's going to make sense for them um and also if i was reading that if like a new owner came in that they could basically be the ones to reject it or accept it so that's something that makes sense but the the other side of this that i think is a lot of people are forgetting because they want to blast liverpool and united is the actual benefits that this would have had for a lot of the efl clubs there's a lot of EFL clubs that are in serious um, trouble right now. There was reports that have come out that five to six championship teams are basically on the brink where there's a lot of championship teams that spend more on players' wages than they actually have for money coming in. And this would have actually provided them to be able to kind of stay. It would have meant that any future deal that the EFL clubs would have got 25% of that, which is which would be a basically be able to change the structure of kind of the league football for a lot of the lower divisions. Now, the problem is more of the fans go towards the Premier League, but you have to remember where a lot of these clubs came from. 
and you have to be able to support the overall English football. You can't just be looking at the elites. So while it's while there are some really bad parts of it where obviously top clubs want to be able to control everything, some of the parts that have come out of it is something that's good. That and why from what you said, Hader, that I think will happen is there will be other versions of this because it's something that has to happen because really the government has done nothing. They haven't tried to help these clubs. They've promised National League teams that they're going to bail them out. They still haven't done it. So the issue I have is, while we are all in Liverpool, at least they're actually trying to do something. There's so many other clubs that are just happy to go along with it, especially Premier League, because they're making money. But they have to remember, a lot of these kind of smaller clubs were in the championship just a couple of years ago, and they would be struggling big time right now. So that's something that you need to take into account. I don't agree with the there was a loan aspect where basically the big clubs would be able to bring in as many kind of players and loan them out ar- around the world, which is kind of what we saw Chelsea do for a while, and they actually got penalised for it. Um, so that's that's one of the kind of key elements. The other thing that you have to think of is if the Premier League want to kind of push the kind of American angle and get into the States and be one of the main kind of sports. That's the reason I think you're seeing kind of some of the proposals for the restructure. They want to make the Premier League more entertaining. And for us, we love it. But for a lot of Americans, I hear it all the time is where some of them say that games. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to spice it up a little bit. So have more playoffs, have less. It's it, it's not, but what I'm saying is they're doing this because they want to make more money. The more money that TV advertisers can give them, and, that, and that's the whole point. They're just trying to make it a bit more entertaining. Look, there's many parts of this that I completely agree with, and then there's other parts that is disgusting. Where tell, tell me three things you agree with and three things you disagree with. The main thing that I agree with is that the money that's to be given to um, to the EFL clubs and that they should be part of any TV deal that the Premier League take part in because that's something that needs to happen. The other thing I agree with is getting rid of the Community Shield, getting rid of the EFL trophy because at the end of the day, the big teams don't care and it doesn't for the EFL clubs anyway. So it's not really beneficial for them. So those are kind of the two main ones. The the part I don't like is the fact that they would be going away from the one vote per club in the Premier League because it's not a fair system. You're basically having the top six clubs plus two or three others like West Ham, Southampton, um, be able to control everything. And I don't think that's that's not good when other... You need to have kind of checks and balances in the Premier League because of the amount of money that's involved. So for me, those are kind of the main negatives and main positives in relation to kind of what we've been hearing over the past week. Mark, I'm going to come to you because you had your hand up like a good... Well behaved student. Student. I was going to say boy. I was going to say boy, but it would sound weird, so I just (laughs) didn't want it to make it something that it's not. Because Mark Mark gets Mark gets easily, you know, seduced. So you know, anyway, go on. Tell me your thoughts because I think Kieran broke that. that? Who told you that? I'll be having a word. I'll be having a word. (laughs) The missus. No, no. Look, it's um. Look, Kieran broke that down fantastically well, Kieran. So thank you very much for that. When we look at it. You've got to look at the intentions, right? Um, yeah. Uh, listen, I don't think anyone is going to go in 
especially we've seen it with American owners, and this is no disrespect to Americans, Paulie, um, but we know how they work, and 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 they're not going to go in thinking, right, okay, let you know, here we go, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna provide this nice thing for lower level clubs to make it sound better for what we what we're trying to do. Yeah, let's say something quickly. Everyone thinks like. Paulie like loves the Glazers and it's so funny. Just, <laughs> to be fair, that was he's a When Nothing I first met Paulie, I was like, they planted him because he's American. <laughs> but like the thing is though, is that people just think, I think my brother said this to me when we first met Paulie, he's like, Paulie likes him, doesn't he? I'm like, why? Because he's American. I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Paulie's but... a mouthpiece for the Glazers, man. That's what yeah, he's exactly. I will so, just say okay. nothing that Mark just said was offensive. <laughs> okay, good. Go on, go on, Mark. Sorry, I cut you off. I just found that so funny. That's right. no, fine. It was. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, it's not a dictatorship. It's a democracy, isn't it? And if they're going to if they're gonna veer from that, then that wouldn't be fair to have all top six clubs having, you know, the, the highest order. That's not fair. And, and you're never going to go into a business deal and go, oh, this is what we want. Okay, so they've gone in and they've said, look, this is what we want, which is probably ridiculous. And in return, we will give some money to lower level clubs. They can afford it. So they're never going to, do you know what I mean? They're never going to, they're going to throw in some things that are going to make it sound like a better proposal from their side. Now, to me, I'm sorry, leave it as it is. The Premier League, I appreciate there are clubs that need money and the government isn't doing, isn't doing enough. Absolutely fine. And yes, bigger clubs, the Premier League should be able to help those clubs out. But from an enter, entertainment perspective, it's, it's the most worldly watched league. Yes, things can be improved all the time, but they don't need to do that. There's a reason why it's the best league in the world. They don't need to do that. So I think that there's a lot of points, not that you've made, Kieran, in particular, but that you've told us about that I just I just don't agree with. I don't think anything needs to be changed. Don't fix what doesn't need fixing. Um, and, and yeah, they're not going to go in all guns blazing and say, this is what we want. Give us all the unanimous votes. They're going to say, right, we can give some money to lower level clubs. They can afford to do so. This, is, this, this goes back, back, this goes back just... to what I said before, though, in that billionaires, they all just want to make more money. They don't like to give money away. Look at FIFA. What's, what is wrong with a 32 team world cup? Nothing. It is perfect. And they've decided to make it 48 teams with three team groups and it's going to be stupid and whatever. We're all going to watch because the World Cup, but it's it sounds ridiculously dumb, but they're going to make more money from it. So like you're you're absolutely right, Mark, in that they are making it, you know, they're putting some things into that proposal that make it sound like this is a good deal for you. But ultimately, it's a very good deal for them. They're going to be the ones that benefit from this the most. Um and like maybe maybe it is because I am American, but like I kind of like the idea of putting one of the Premier League teams into that playoff spot. Like that that's that's a pretty good concept, especially because like those teams at the bottom of the table, you know, they spend all season there, and we and we're like, well, they're they're crap. We kind of forget that like you know they're better than the all the other teams in a, the league. So like play, a playoffs place for what? So the so third the third promotion spot will be will stay as the playoffs, but the last Premier League team, uh, the, in, two Premier League teams will be automatically relegated, and then the last one will go into the play. It's kind of like the relegation playoffs in Germany. Right. I'll just okay, say something. Yeah, okay. 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 Let me okay. just say something about this, because it's. I'm sorry. Us as United fans, this would, actually, this would actually help us, right? I mean, 
it makes yeah, it easier. It would be something that's well, it'd be it'd be beneficial for okay, maybe not as much the club, but mate, I just think it's disgusting. It's just an absolute obvious. It's literally a power grab. That's exactly what it is. It's so blatant. It's literally sh- look like wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm trying to get that right. Not sheep's yeah. and wolves clothing. It's just it's just ridiculous. And something I saw earlier from Kieran Maguire, which I'm going to read out. It says many in EFL seem to think that the project big picture is 250 million pound bailout followed by 25% of the Premier League TV rights. If you look at the small print, the 250 million is an advance of the money, which will then be subtracted by 25%. So it's how I don't, okay, it helps them maybe in the short term. In the long term, it's something which which is not going to be beneficial. Hold on, Joe, one sec. I'll let you have your word. But at the end of the day, how can you allow nine clubs to be in charge of everything? pretty much essentially and how can you allow i think look there's a lot of things wrong with the premier league right there's a lot it's not a perfect model it's not a perfect product but having allowing certain clubs to set the rules is it's just complete conflict of interest it's just not right at all however you look at it i know but there's the other element of it that clubs are going to go out of business we've seen berry go out these clubs and you know, I think I think people sometimes realise that in a lot of places, a lot of small towns or maybe cities in the UK, like these clubs are the beating heart of the community. Jobs, happiness, especially in the working class areas, you know, uh, joy, um, togetherness, community. These are really important things for people. When life is difficult, it's like in the back in the day when you went to go and see United and people would work their asses off just so that they can go and watch United on the weekend. They spent all the hard money on that. And that's why when Samat Busby said, you know, it's about entertaining the fans. Football has to be beautiful. It has to give them something to enjoy. And that this is just a Joe, this is a step completely in the other direction. This is this is just opportunism, greed, just le- leeches. I just it makes me so angry. I'm sorry. I just yeah. they've ruined United and now they're gonna go and ruin everyone else for their own greed. No, mate, totally with you. And like you said, just, you know, we're Man United fans, so, you know, the, the ones out there that are sort of blinded by it might say, oh, well, it's going to benefit us, so let's roll with it. But what you got to remember is if, 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 the, if the lower leagues die, Manchester United dies eventually. I don't believe that we could, you know, any club can survive without the, without the rest of it. You know, English football is, and, and all its parts, you know, it, it's... You know, if all the clubs keep dying that are outside the top six, you're going to end up with just six teams in England, and then and then what appeal is the league going to have? So you know, you have to you have to support these these other teams and the development of these other teams, and, and you know, f- for football to keep evolving. But uh, I just think the problem is is that people are looking at this and looking at especially the Manchester United side of it, maybe not so much Liverpool, because, I mean, to be fair to them, like I've said before, off the field, I feel dirty for saying it. You know, they've done some pretty good things. But the Man United side of it, other fans of other football and other football clubs owners must be looking at this and be like, you can't even run your own football club. So how the hell can you come up with a plan that's going to change English football? You can't revolutionise your own they, football they, club. They can, they, can run they run it they as a business. Yeah, they, they are fantastic yeah, but yeah, but that's what but we're talking on a football level here, aren't we? I'm not. I I know what. Yeah, and that's that's everything that's wrong with this idea is that it's all to do with business. But Joe, that's, that's, that's what the that's Premier League has become. Like that's that's yeah. what it is. And I, and I I see your point. Like your your thing is a, is very idealistic. Of if if the lower leagues die, you know Manchester United will die. But 
you know, at a certain point, like right around now, like how, what percentage of United's fans reside in the UK? It's less than it's ever been. Like there's, there's so many fans around the world that like, they know that the money is in TV. That's and not the point though. It's not, I understand that, but like where they're caught when Joe says like, okay, well, what if everybody but the top six dies? Well, the, the reason that they're doing this, the reason that they're putting this plan on the floor is to open up the door for the European Super League. So, you know, if if there's only six clubs remaining in England, by the time that happens, they're already going to be in a league with AC Milan and Real Madrid and Juventus. And like, and they're again, they're not going to care because they're going to be counting their money until until it blows up, until that bubble bursts. They are. They aren't going to care. And by the, by the way, that will make for awful football. It that, might, that will it might, it might yeah, sound like yeah. a wonderful idea, but that no, will make, it's awful. That and and when you say when you say like this may benefit us, think about it this way: like you already you already talk about the Glazers only spend money to make the Champions League. But what if the Champions League now is just something that they're automatically in? You know, what's the incentive to then invest? I did. Also, just, what, I, did what? I did. Sorry, Gady. Can I just finish? What I was I was just going to finish off by saying well that. Hopefully, though, one thing that this does serve to do is that it gives the government a kick up the backside, someone more neutral to come in now and give money to the cause, what they've actually been screaming out for since this all began. And the one final point I do want to make on this, and I will, I will stop there, is that after all this is done, whether the money comes from the Premier League through this this idea being changed and eventually it does go through in a different way, or whether the government gives these clubs money, there is then a responsibility and a pressure, I think, on the EFL clubs to look at what they're spending as well and look at the way they're doing business because there's definitely an argument, I think, in the championship, um, especially, that there's too many clubs in that league being chasing the big dream of the Premier League and they have been far, far out spending their means. They've been spending more money than what they've actually got to even chase it. And even League One and League Two are doing the same now to get in the championship because that's become a massive league. The FL Championship in itself has become a really big league. So I do think when this is all set, when all said and done, then clubs, when they've, when they've been rescued, they do need to look at how they're doing things moving forward in the future. Fantastic points. Kieran, I'm going to let you come in finally. But look, if there is a European Super League, that's the, that's the end. That's the end of football. Because at yeah. the end of the day, that is... Why are you doing that? It's purely money. That's it. There's no other reason why you need to do that. The Champions League is, it has stuff that it can work on, but it's fine as that format. For me, the league is bread and butter. I would love to win the Champions League again, but I, you know, the day that United win the, win the Premier League again, I, I honestly think I'm going to cry because it's it's something which you... It's so much more difficult yeah, yeah. You know, but you know why they're doing it as well is they would also like it as if the big kind of notorious clubs just automatically qualify for the Champions League because these teams want the money that comes from the Champions League without having to put into the effort in the league and actually having to qualify for it. When we go back, what Joe said there towards the end is kind of what I've always been thinking about this is the fact that while this plan wasn't uh, wasn't ideal, especially for the Premier League and the power shift that it will give, if it gives the whole Premier League a kick up the backside to actually do something to help out, or if it gives the government to help out the EFL clubs, I don't care where it comes from, but at the end of the day, you do have to help it out because it's an overall English football. 
there's a lot of players that have come in that have been excellent players that have not come through the big clubs. We've been talking about for the whole summer about Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho did not come through Manchester City. He came through Watford, who are now in the championship. Let's say everybody in the championship lost a lot of money and they ceased to exist. You don't see players like Jaden Sancho come in because he doesn't get a chance at a big club because he hasn't been developed properly. And it's the same for a lot of other players. Now, the problem is that if some of these clubs go out of business, because there's a lot of them, I think one of them that someone mentions were Leighton Orient, who have been an excellent kind of team within the EFL leagues over the last couple of seasons, and they have a good history. And we saw it last year, we saw Bolton Wanderers, who only a couple of years ago were in the Premier League, and then suddenly are, are gone. We Somebody has to do something to be able to protect these teams. And we can all say, well, good, well, if we just give the money now, it's not going to help. But it does because some of these clubs need the money now. They don't need the money in two to three years' time. They need the money now to be able to continue operating. Like I said, there's been stories out that some clubs in the championship may not be able to operate in five and six weeks' time. And yes, it's their fault for, for certain teams where they're spending way more than they should, but that's because the system's broken and how they get the money. A lot of these clubs are hoping that they get into the Premier League so then they can become more liquid. And the, the problem is that it's very difficult. Leeds were very lucky that they got in. If Leeds, let's just say the championship um, was cancelled and they weren't going to allow Leeds to come into the Premier League, okay, they would have had a huge issue. They probably wouldn't have been able to keep Bielsa. A lot of their players would have had to leave because they spent way more money than they were earning over the past two seasons. You would have seen Leeds go down a big spiral because of that, and you might even be talking about them again. But again, so that's but that's the issue. You really we have to look at kind of the system that's in place. You need to have the pyramid of football that's just better. One of the things actually that they mentioned in the plan was for the championship clubs to deal with these clubs that are spending more than they earn is to have a hard salary cap for the championship to stop them trying to overspend just to get into the Premier League. Now, I don't like salary caps in in English football, but if it's going to protect some of these clubs, I think that they should try and come with some way of doing that. They But they need to change the way it comes in. First, they do clubs do need a bailout because it's simple. We talk about the Premier League clubs losing a lot of money. The clubs in the lower levels have lost way more match day revenue than the Premier League clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In comparison, look, last thing I will say on this, and Kieran makes a fantastic point, is that they need money now to survive. If fans come back in and everything sort of works again, then that's what's needed. So maybe there has to be a bit of a give and take. My final word on that, as I said earlier, I think the 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 intention behind it. And the grab for power is the thing that bothers me. But saving all these clubs is what it should be about. But it's the Glazers. And it's not just Glazers, obviously. I'm not just saying this poorly. Not all Americans are like this. Don't worry. But, you know, that the intentions of owning these franchises is to make money. And this is a way to cement themselves in a, in a, in a league, probably, as Mark said, which is the most watched league in the world. So, look, we'll just have to sort of wait and see what happens i suppose but look guys last 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 topic today newcastle preview i'm gonna split you into two paulian and i uh, will go with joe sure at the bottom yeah paulian joe well i'm just gonna ask you literally a minute and i will cut you off over a minute 
formation and who you would start. So, Paulie, I'll go with you first. And then after that, it'll be Mark and Kieran, I'll ask you for your predictions. Now, let's go, uh, Paulie. What is your formation for the Newcastle game? Keep the formation the same. I go to the back three against PSG and Chelsea, but I keep the formation the same. I, who knows? Because like Maguire needs a break, but Bailly's hurt. Uh, do you throw Tate and Mengi in there? Maybe it's time to sink or swim. I think it's too soon. I, I don't think Solskjaer is ready to just throw him out there. Um, but you know, Juan Bissaka, Windelof, it'll be Maguire. But like maybe maybe you put Axel Tonzebi in there. Uh, Tellez is returning from Brazil. I don't know if he jumps right into the team. Bruno, uh, Pogba needs to be dropped, but Bruno was just around Ronaldo. I don't know if it's smart to put Bruno around this team right now. Do we need him? Yes. But like, is it smart for him to potentially infect everybody? Um, I don't know, but I'd put the Mason Greenwood up top, Rashford on the left. I'd bring uh, Juan Mata in to play on the right and then Van de Beek in the middle and then either Bruno or Pogba next to Fred in midfield. Nice one. I like that team. Joe, I think we should go through at the back. Do you agree with me or are you agree agreeing with Paulie here? Because that, that defense is, is shocking. Maguire's just been sent off, as some of the comments have said, and as Paulie said earlier. So, yeah, what would you do? You're on mute, Joe, bro. Joe, do this one more time and you are kicked out of Red Devil's talk. Can, can that red card mean that he is. I've had a nightmare today. Can that red card mean that he's banned from United as well, you know, because I just feel like he could do with, with, a, with a couple of game. Now, no, I don't mean that. But I think I agree with Paulie. I think, obviously, PSG go free there. But I, if you're going to do that, then I would go free against Newcastle because I just think it gives us not a game to go with that, you know, before the PSG game. Because if you're just going to change formation for that PSG game with the personnel that they've got, if you're going to just change it, then it could be a bit, you know, it gives Ollie a chance to say, well, actually, if we're going to do that midweek, let's try it out, you know, against, I'm not saying, I don't want to say lesser opposition because Newcastle have been good at times this season and they've got players who can bother us, especially Sam Maximum down that right-hand side. So I will go three. The only other issue with going three at the back is have we got three centre-backs who are worthy of, of a game, if you know what I mean at the moment. So, you know, yeah, Maguire. Yeah, but don't forget, guys, I have 30 seconds on mute, so he's going to have to give me a bit <laughs> No, 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 it you know, counts. <laughs> Yeah, they got you know Maguire. So yeah, I would get if they got the personnel and he thinks they're confident enough and they're ready to go play them. Bruno, that decision will be taken out of our hands eventually anyway. I think because obviously if he is if he's got a quarantine or whatever, self isolate, that'll take care of that. Van der Beek has to start. But you say that for a couple of games now, and then I would stick with with the usual. I do like the idea of matter on the right. Actually, I don't think Mason's yeah Mason's not ready to um, Mason needs to be out. I think and give matter again. Yeah, no, what I will say... Oh, if I, that was all your fault, guys. Is, any, is anyone timing this? Because I feel like yeah. that was about three hey, minutes. Hey, that was about yeah, seven yeah. hours, okay? Yeah, but you know what? You know what? hours was on mute, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. Was... That's not the show's fault. Yeah, that isn't. Take it's, some uh, accountability, it's, Edward. Yeah, Wood. It's um, person in chair, not in computer, isn't it? I don't know, know what you just said. Whatever that was. Anyway, no, what I will say, final thing on this, is that it looks like Axel, I was looking up the other day, isn't probably ready to play. He's going to play. And Bai is apparently not hurt. He played yesterday yeah, for 90 minutes. This is what Onka just said. He said completed 90 minutes. And Luke Shaw could go. If Teles plays, Luke Shaw could go in the back three, which I think would be a good thing to do. I'd just chuck Teles straight in. Honestly, yeah. we need it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, guys, look, Mark, 
predictions don't don't give me a lecture on why like joe did just tell me your prediction <laughs> predictions for what the oh, game on the weekend oh. <laughs> no, 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 hang on hang on i know it's about no hang on i know it's about the game at the weekend what i predict of the score of the team britain's got talent give the me your prediction. <laughs> the score um i'm gonna go with three nil united and who yeah. wins the mass singer uh, I have no what? idea, Paulie. That's your show, not mine, sunshine. Um, I just want random predictions, Mark. <laughs> Kieran, I can't believe you just asked that. No, no, no. Right, like, just, just to be clear, I know we're running out of time. Just to be clear, I know what the hell you're going on about, okay? But it wasn't... Yeah, I, I didn't know whether you were asking score predictions or team predictions. I mean, I did say score at the beginning, but it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. And I will go... I'll go Kieran. Let's, let's wrap up, boys. I'm, I'm, Kieran, yeah. score. Yeah, just so you know, Mark, listening is a skill. Okay, <laughs> so get used to that one. My yes. prediction is 2 1. I think I'm going to go with Greenwood scoring two goals. Look, what I will say, last thing I'll say, thank you to all the comments. We didn't have as many tonight, but thank you very much for listening. What I will say is that Oli has to win. It is each game he has to win now, or he has to not lose, basically, because his job, sadly, is online and he needs to show that he is up to it and he can turn it around he's done it before let's see if we can do it again boys thank you very much for joining me tonight tonight has been absolutely hilarious and you know the next person that messes up their mute button will get kicked out of the stream so i'm just saying yeah, that boy, oh, it's you. then i will get kicked out of the stream no i'm that before so i do sorry. so many i do so many i do so many podcasts that i'm i know that i always have to mute it because this thing picks up everything we so can't hear you. you're on mute mate we can't hear you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is awful anyway did you see him look down in the corner you added yeah, you, had you are awful what i will say is guys i did a fantastic podcast <laughs> with the guys from man marking pod that's a mental health one we talked about mental health and football it's something very different but it was incredible i'm Aaron, 20 minutes long, very long. It was with myself, Dan from Man Marking Pod, and Ryan. He was absolutely brilliant. I used to work with Ryan. We, we, he used to be one of the companies that I used to work with. And uh, with Rob Blanchett as well, who will be hopefully appearing a lot more on the channel. So make sure you check that out because that's out tomorrow at midday. Thank you very much, guys, and we will see you next time.